0: Maytar Landau is the Director of Sales and Customer Success for WIN AI. Prior to joining WIN, Maytar was in the Israeli Air Force for five years as a flight simulation instructor. She shares some cool stories about our time in the Air Force, but what really stood out to me is how WinAI helped her become a stellar salesperson within 18 months with no prior experience. Maytower shares some statistical data on the administrative burden placed on reps associated with maintaining data and introduces WinAI, a Zoom meeting app that provides guidance on what to say and what to ask during live calls while capturing required data that the rep needs to enter into the CRM. We also unpack how their NLP engine works, and how the ability to capture data during calls automatically creates a new perspective on rep development. And towards the end, we wrap up with a peek into their product roadmap. Metar shares how they're uh, releasing a smart recap email functionality and integration with a dialer to support cold calls and more apps for virtual meetings like Teams and Google Meetings. Okay, everyone. Well, real-time enablement uh, and AI have been a hot topic here on the show. I've interviewed. A host of people and ask them the question around real time enablement. I've talked to sales enablement experts, talked to sales leaders, consultants. And one of the things that I always try and pick apart is how can we help our sellers be more productive in real time? We have AI now, it's helping in many different ways. We had William Balance, who came on from uh, Lavender, who's a co founder there, and talked about real time AI helping with uh, writing better emails. And so, you know, that was an impactful episode. We had Lead IQ on here talking about the same thing, you know, helping write better emails. Um, you know, and so this idea of real time enablement is is a top issue for me. I, I would say I'll add this: Jeremy Lehner, who's a VP of Sales at Providence Medical Technology, came on, and he was talking about um, you know that apex moment. It's in his book, The Point Guard Approach how to maximize that apex moment, that moment of impact when the rep is on the phone, in front of the client, and how do we get the most out of those interactions. And so we're going to talk a lot about that today here with Win AI. Um, I want to ask first, Madard, the first question I want to ask you about is this problem of alignment. I know it's something that you, your founder, talk a lot about on the shows and in your, your, your messaging. But for our audience here, uh, what, what do you mean when you say the problem of alignment?
1: That's a great question. Thank you, Derek. So when when I first started at Win.ai, um, I had many conversations and many interviews with different sales leaders, you know, uh, CRO, VP sales from different companies, small, uh, large companies, we asked them a lot about their pain points and, and we chose to focus on the pain point of alignment, the problem of, a problem of alignment. You know, when your team scale from five, 10 salespeople to yep. 20 salespeople to 50, it becomes very, very hard to make sure they're selling the, the way you think they should sell, which is probably, you know, you as a sales leader with more experience uh, and and you probably know what is the right way to sell your product. Uh, I'm not talking about like script, uh, rather more mm. the than- general messaging of your product, the way you do discovery, the way you qualify new leads, all of those things, and also the way you insert data to the CRM at the end of the day. And uh, I heard from many sales leaders that they're having a hard time keeping their team aligned as they scale. Mm
0: -hmm. It's it's, uh, a constant moving target. You have the issue of complexity as it grows, as your business grows, right? Your business becomes bigger, it becomes more complex and you have more people, you're probably more headcount to managers. So it becomes even more spread in terms of being able to manage the effectiveness of our messaging, our qualifications and, and different things. I know from firsthand experience as a rep where I've hung up on uh, calls, discovery calls and said, shit, I should have asked them this, or I should have said that. And you know, it's always yeah. that after the moment, and then you have all these tools that kind of accelerate that whole thing, where you know we record the calls and we have this these into this intelligence that goes into it, and it's like it's always after the fact. Then it helps to reinform the person so that they're better prepared. And then the the gap that I always see in this enablement flywheel is what, what about that real time moment? Because what if we could have made a better impression on that person in that call? And as a manager, I'm sure leaders can understand this too. You know, there's a big call today. You can't be on it. So you check in with the rep after. How did it go? Or you go and listen to that recording, maybe, and you realize they didn't follow the discovery call blueprint that you have lined out. That's very well crafted, has very specific questions plotted at certain parts, you know. Um, just has everything kind of teed up in a way that helps improve the chances of that rep being successful and being that leader afterwards and checking with them to see how they, you know, how that went or listening to the recording and realizing they just winged it or they just, they forgot 10%, 20% of what they needed to do. And, you know, that's that's a frustrating thing. And, you know, it's frustrating for the rep. They want to get it right. Um, but, you know, on both hands, you're solving problems at WinAI for reps who you know, need a little hand-holding and guidance during those interactions. And, you know, it's you know, helping reassure and give peace of mind to to leaders. And so bridging that gap and helping them create that alignment. So we're going to talk about how WinAI does that uh, a little bit. But uh, before we, we we get into how they do that, let's talk about the the solution that a lot of leaders think is the solution, which is tough to to, to really measure. I think it's our, our sales playbooks, our SDR playbooks. That's typically what we kind of throw at this, right?
1: Yeah. So actually, I, I just want to refer to you saying sales leaders thinking that recordings are also a solution. And, and you know, I... I talked to sales leaders. I talked to one particular sales leader that told me, I watch about 100 recordings a week. I mean, I watch my sales rep. I really want to be able to coach them and to guide them and to give them the best, you know, my best practices and to see what they're doing. And then you watch 100 hours or I don't know or 50 hours of recordings per week. That's a lot of time. I'm not even talking about like the time going to waste in which you can probably do a lot more effective things talking to your apps and not just watching the recordings. Uh, but you're also seeing what went wrong after it's already done. Like that it is done, the you lost this deal uh, and you have nothing to do with it now. You can coach them for the next deal, which is great, but but for this deal, you had nothing to do. And um, so, so yeah, so this, this is one of the problems we're seeing with the recording uh, best practice, like watching recordings. And uh, about what you said about playbooks. So I do think that a lot of sales leaders uh, see the playbook as the solution. You know, the playbook is our way of providing our uh, uh, lead our sorry our aes with the our best best practice coaching them and uh, then you write this amazing playbook right you think your playbook is the second best book ever written after the bible and it's just like an amazing book and you love it <laughs> and fall in love with it and then no one follows it uh, i mean i don't know if you encountered this problem i i talked with almost every sales leader that told me that they have a playbook because because not all of them do but the ones that do have it told me, you know, I actually need to coach them and I need to chase people in order to follow my playbook. So it doesn't matter whether you use a medic or another work frame, uh, if people don't follow it, it means actually nothing.
0: Yeah, the adoption behind the playbook, that's a big topic because some playbooks were built pre-leader and they inherited that playbook and now they have to try and bolster it and carry that flag and that can be hard, I, I would I would assume. Then there's the leader who's built their playbook from scratch, whether internally or through external support, but has established this playbook. And you're right, now they're really frustrated it's not being adopted. I think that the leader who is inheriting the playbook and isn't really managing to it too often, maybe doesn't believe in it the way that they should, naturally isn't going to get the adoption that they that they aspire to but that leader who's built it from scratch bottoms up and has kind of developed this thing. Um, yeah. You know, that I, I would imagine where that falls down is that it's not kind of kept up as one thing it's it's, it's it's a living document, right? Like it's not, it's not a one-time exercise with your playbook. Um, and then to the point that we're going to talk about is that's it's just, it's not where it's not where we need it when we need it. And that's, the whole point that we need to get to here is that having that in a google drive or serving it up in confluence or in notion wherever you have your playbook kind of built out that's wonderful well organized but that's just that's sort of the second to last step you need to operationalize your playbook now and that needs to be brought into some sort of engagement um, sales enablement platform i'm sorry that can facilitate it as a tool because this 40-page document, this 30-page document that your reps need to refer to, the, the one feedback I always hear is that we don't know how to find things. And then as a leader, you try and say, well, you try and coax them to go and look at the playbook more often when you get those, le- those questions about the playbook, but then they just they just want help. They, they don't want to be told to go look at the playbook. They just want the answer. And so it's this is a real, real thing that happens in SDR teams and sales teams every day, every one of them, let's assume has a playbook, but majority of them, it's hidden away in the bookmarks somewhere. And then you have the 1%, maybe the 5% that are really good about, you know, finding that place in the playbook and being able to use it and leverage it for to some degree. Um, but again, it's not, it's really hard to have that where, you know, in the, the context of a conversation. Right. And I think that's and then there's there's more to it. Right. That we're not just talking about that real time enablement. There's there's more to it. Now there's also the issue of like, okay, that call's ended and I've collected all this information. Um, What do I do with it? You know, how did I collect that information and what do I do with that information and dispositioning these interactions? So um, anyways, let's let's move on. I think there's a, a title on your website. That uh, the first thing on your homepage it says, uh, <laughs> "I like updating oh. Salesforce." Said no salesperson ever. <laughs> yeah, and I you not like a
1: sentence. sentence. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: it's. I think it's going to catch on. I think that's going to catch on. The funny thing is, there's a counterpoint that you hear a lot. If it's not in Salesforce, it didn't happen, right? Uh, a CEO that I worked with a while back, she took it to the next step, and she said, uh, "If it's not in Salesforce, I don't want to hear about it." right? Reps are always talking about their deals and what they got going on and and these sorts of things. They bump into the CEO and they start just kind of bragging about a deal that they got popping. But then the CEO goes back and checks the CRM and doesn't see it in there. And so she would say this at town hall meetings, if it's not in Salesforce, I don't want to hear about it, right? And so there's this real big expectation for data quality, data governance, getting it into the system so that we can measure and manage and optimize and all the things that we do with, with the data in the system. So um, it's not, it's one thing to enable the rep real time with the right words and questions to ask, but it's another thing to be able to take all those findings and do something with it without the rep having to do it. Cause you talked about the hundred hours, the, the manager's spending. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about the hour a day you're giving back to reps as well. Right. Cause I think your founder said that on an interview where that's what he kind of measures it at is or what you guys have clocked it at is that there's a day about that much time of it in a week spent in dispositioning uh, our records, note-taking, filling out the CRM, and doing all this, right? That's your that's your position, I understand. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so there was a research, uh, I think it was HubSpot that conducted this research, saying that uh, about 20% of salesperson a week goes to updating the CRM. Uh, talk about efficiency, specifically in this time, you know, when uh, efficiency is the key word and, and you need your people to to do what pushes the deals forward. And and I agree, like if the deal is not on the CRM, does it really exist? But if you have a k uh, dollars uh, deal uh, just signed, so it does exist, even if it's not on the CRM, but you do need this information in your CRM. And CRM hygiene is a really big problem. I mean, I don't need to yeah. tell you that. Uh, sales operation people all the time need to chase people to make sure they have the right data and to clean data and and uh, you you know creating this tool that uh, helps you update the CRM creates a really win win situation. I mean, fun intended. Sorry, but like it <laughs> yeah. helps you to to create this win win situation because as a VP sales or as a sales operation person, you need this information inside the CRM. And it's not that the AEs do not want to update the CRM. It takes a lot of their time. I mean, it's 20% heavy. of the week is a lot of time and they much rather push more deals forward and email more, one more person and uh, do one more call and do one more meeting. Rather than sit by themselves in the dark and put data inside uh, Salesforce. Yeah,
0: right. Uh, that's pretty much <laughs> what it is. You know, uh, they're sitting back uh, at, at home in the evening, updating their stuff, or after their day in the field, getting home before they get and, to dinner. And, and, and yeah, it's 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 a uh, it's an administrative burden. There's no no doubt about it. Um, and, and I'm
1: not even talking about like the quality of the data. Like right. if you had a meeting at I don't know eight a.m. Right. and you're updating the CRM at uh, ten right. p.m. because you forgot to update it and you went back home and then you remembered how like what is the quality of the this data? My memory's not
0: that process. good, so I know I'm yeah. Getting, <laughs> yeah the CRM is getting cliff notes, that's for sure.
1: Um, mm-hmm.
0: Definitely. Yeah, the the issue of that being the CRM definitely it's come a long ways, right? It's it's we, we've been able to do things with modern CRMs, modern sales engagement platforms that help streamline some of this through workflows and certain things. But the the burden still is there on the SDR, on the salesperson, the leader to basically enter the data into the CRM, into these structured fields um, and then you know, do that in an effective manner and remembering that there's usually a a plethora of things that we have to ask people and data points we have to get. And there's, you know, it's, you'll you'll sit on sales meetings with sales leaders and they'll talk about this new field that's been rolled out that we need to capture. Right. And then two weeks will go by, three weeks will go by and they'll, why aren't we getting the data? Why aren't we getting the data? Mm -hmm. And you kind of go around the table on the, on the call with the reps, you know, what's going on. Oh, I I forgot. Oh, I meant to, or this one has it. I'll update it right now. And, you know and look they're human at the end of the day to your point they just want to sell uh so you can solve for that with your tool it sounds like where we can make sure that certain things like that are queued up real time and if not captured for you by WinAI, ai and I, I love to hear about that the thing that i'll say though is that the idea that no salesperson likes updating their sales force i i think the administrative work associated with it, I agree. I don't think anybody wants to go and do data entry, um, but I think a lot of reps understand, at least top reps understand the importance of it and what they can do from a competitive advantage standpoint, not just internally, but in the marketplace, if they are able to manage their business more effectively. And you know, I'm one of those reps who really embraced the technology early in my career and try to use it as a tool for me to be effective, as opposed to what you would hear from most of my peers, where it's like, oh, I don't have to do this damn thing. And fuck, I was up all night doing this and da-da-da-da. and like, yeah, but I saw it as a, a means to the end and that end being, you know, having a successful sales career. And I you know, I know top reps that are maniacal about their CRM and updating the, the data. Maybe not all the data that sales ops and management wants them to do, but the stuff that they need to stay organized and stay on track with moving their deals forward. And that might just maybe be their tasks. It may not even be this other these other fields. But I, I definitely think that there's a, a population of reps that embrace the tech, embrace the updating of the system in order to be more effective in their role. But generally speaking, it's, this, it's viewed as this very negative side of the job but it's it's a necessary part the technology underpins everything that we do so but you're saying though is that what if we could just take that give them the data so they don't have to enter it themselves and then they can still be as you know use the data the way they 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 want to in their role i think that's the compromise that we kind of found in our offline discussion
1: definitely i mean pipeline management is Crucial. It's super important. I I don't mean like the salespeople don't need to update the CRM. For sure.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, as you said, like the top performers and the, the best salesperson you have in your team probably has a very, very good CRM hygiene and uh, updates their CRM all the time and all of the fields and not just the mandatory fields. Uh, but do you really want your top performers to spend so much time doing that? Hell no, Uh, If they are your top performers, let them sell, let them do other things that will uh, affect the deal even more uh, and push it forward uh, and and count on someone else or on something else to keep your CRM uh, in the best shape uh, that it can be. Uh, okay. So, yeah, so uh, we're not trying to say that CRM is not important and vice versa. We're trying to make your CRM even better uh, while saving time for your cell uh, reps.
0: I agree. I agree 100%. So let's talk about what WinAI is and what it does and all of that good stuff. So uh, what I understand is WinAI handles all the sales busy work so you can type less and win more, pun intended. <laughs> uh, So it's an AI sales assistant Zoom app that syncs back to Salesforce and HubSpot. Is that right?
1: Yeah. So uh, a lot of words, you know, real-time AI, a lot of buzzwords. What we actually do is very, very simple. Uh, So you have our Zoom app uh, in your Zoom inside, uh, like during the live call. Uh, And you can actually see your playbook uh, right in front of you. So you don't need to search for it on a top shelf in your uh, (laughs) drive or something like that. It's right in front of you. You can see all of the talking points you need to go over in this particular sales call. You can have different uh, playbooks. You can have known work frames such as a uh, metpic uh, Spice, the uh, uh, Challenger stuff like that. And-, and
0: everything. So these are templates that you have built in that uh, clients can use just to kind of fill in and to, to, to their specifics.
1: Exactly. We have uh, all of those templates that they said, and even more, uh, but you can also create your own. Obviously uh, you can customize your own playbook. If you have uh, some different method that you're working with or something that you invented, Uh, and then the sales rep have all of these, uh, these questions or or all of these talking points in in front of them. And during the live call, uh, it does a couple of things for you. So first of all, it does real-time tracking, meaning it says like, okay, Derek, you already went over this over that. You still need to talk about this part. So some sort of like checklist. And the other thing it does for you, which is kind of like the secret sauce, uh, it does real-time capturing. Uh, Meaning, uh, for example, if you ask your prospect, how many people do you have on your team? And they answered, they have 20 people on my team. This is being captured. Uh, But you know, it also captured much more complex things such as pain points, such as next steps, uh, capabilities they need. All of those things Mm. are being captured for you. So no typing at all. You can be an active listener, just looking at your uh, prospect, uh, seeing the reaction, listening to them and no need to uh, type or write uh, whatsoever.
0: Right. You know, and I'm I'm not using WinAI right now, but I do have my notes in front of me, and it, it definitely helps when you have a guide there to kind of make sure that you hit on certain things. That's there's no doubt about that. I think most people are kind of keeping that as a Word doc or a Google doc somewhere, and again, it's but it's not capturing it along the way, so you're still having to write this stuff down uh, as, as you go through. So yeah. talk to me real quick about the natural language processing, though, because if it's t- capturing complex things like pain points and those sorts, uh, Can I mean, I know you're not on the engineering side of it, but I imagine mm-hmm. you get this question a lot.
1: Of course. So uh, we use uh, the magic word uh, GPT. Uh, we are using it. Uh, there you uh, go. don't uh, <laughs> <set> <laughs> <laughs> chat GPT I at it. <laughs> So uh, we're using a a GPT model, but we are improving it with uh, our own models and our own stuff uh, Mm -hmm. uh, to create even better capturing that fits more to the world of of sales and and to uh, our customers. Uh, And this is how it actually works. Uh, And obviously right after the call, you get a screen with everything that was captured. Uh, You can still edit it if you want. And then with one click send all of it to your CRM. Uh, So it saves you a lot of time, but you're still, uh, always the gatekeeper, making sure nothing goes to your CRM without you've seen it.
0: Very good. So it's prompting you what to say, what to ask, and then it's capturing those responses from the client prospect for you. Mm-hmm. And then after, at the disposition point, it's giving you that end of call screen where you can do the cleanup. I guess if you need mm-hmm. to fill in the additional fields that maybe it didn't capture. And you actually have a transcript I saw along the left side, too. So you get the whole comprehensive view with, you know, speaking transitions and who's talking, who's not. So it seems like uh it kind of just does the before, the during, the after, kind of all yeah. for you in a lot of ways. So you can just move on to your your next thing. Um I love yeah, that.
1: We're very much focused on real time uh, meaning like, I don't know, 10 minutes after the call, you you don't need Win anymore. I mean, uh, if with uh, mm-hmm. uh, other platforms that record your calls, you only, only get the recordings like 30 or 40 minutes after the call with Win AI, 10 minutes after the call, assuming that you had time to just do one click and update your CRM, you've done with everything that has to do with this particular call. Right.
0: And one thing that, and I was doing my homework stood that stood out to me was that there's a new metric that emerges with this um where it's I guess playbook adherence so now Mm -hmm. you can you can compare someone's performance to their adherence to the playbook not just you know we, we talk about utilization of technology as one way to triangulate performance if someone's not performing well you might look at are they utilizing the tech Sales Navigator, the CRM, the sales engagement platform. You might look at: Are they using the assets? Are they sending out the videos? Are they sending out the white papers? Um, if they're in, an, if they're in AE, you might see: Are they presenting certain documents in, through your content management tool or something? Right. Mm-hmm. But now you can say, during the call, you know, there's these a 25 point metric of our demo mm-hmm. blueprint or whatever it is, but you can see yeah. if they're adhering. And what percentage of that if someone is 40%, 60% adherence, and then, then they're having 30, 40% results. And I think what you guys have told us is, is in other interviews is that uh, your studies have shown that the top performers almost always have a top adherence percentage to, to the playbook. Is that right?
1: Yes. And the interesting thing is that you can also improve your playbook uh, with this uh, metrics because mm-hmm. If your top performer is not having like the highest adherence to your playbook, perhaps you should ask them what they're doing differently and improve your playbook by it. Ah,
0: yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I don't even use that thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, the, the basic assumption is obviously that like if you wrote a playbook and you think that this will help you uh, to sell the product in the best way, uh, higher playbook adoption will result in higher win rate. Uh, but if it's not happening, you should probably check what's wrong with your playbook.
0: Yeah, good point. good
1: point.
0: Yeah, it's only as good as you know, garbage in, garbage out, I guess. Um, yeah. So we've talked about a, a few different things here. The end of screen was uh, an important part of it. Uh, you do have a recap email feature coming soon, I hope, right?
1: Yeah. So around probably around the end of Q2 uh, or the beginning of Q3, we're planning to have a recap email. Uh, it will be a smart recap email, meaning it will... Um, help you like with pre-templated uh, emails to put the right pieces of data from the particular particular call you just had. Right. So kind of like placeholder and then what it uh, captured from the call will be inputted into your email. Uh, so this is one feature we're re- working on. Uh, another thing we talked about is that we're uh, planning to launch our self-service uh, option pretty soon. Uh, so you'll have like free trial on our website, and you'll be able to uh, use it uh, by yourself and experience the WinAI. Oh, Win very
0: good, very good. So you can you get the uh, the product led growth uh, angle uh, advantage yeah. here. So if I'm a salesperson, I can download WinAI and then I can do a user side integration where I enter my Salesforce credentials, and now I have Winai, Zoom, and Salesforce talking to each other and I'm just talking to prospects and they're doing all the the admin work for me without actually having to go to my sales ops person or my manager and ask for a budget to get this thing.
1: Not at all. Yeah. You'll be able to just try it on your own uh, with your Salesforce uh, uh, sign up. Yeah. And that's it. Sign in. Sorry. And that's it basically. Brilliant. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, talk to us about your experience using the tool. Um, You know, We talked offline and you know, you were relatively new to the sales game when you started with WinAI, so I imagine it's been a big tool for you and coming up to speed. Can you talk about your experience uh, in coming in, in using WinAI to come up to speed?
1: Of course, yeah. So I joined WinAI 16 months ago, which is when the company started. And the experience I have in sales is a bit less than 16 months. <laughs> so my, my first time selling uh, was in WinAI. Uh, and, you know, it's it. I didn't know how many things you have to do during a sales call, right? Because you need to show a demo and you need to listen to the other side and you need to remember all of the things you need you want to talk about and you need to take notes and all of those things and and win ai became like my my third hand or yeah,
0: there you my go hand yeah. or yeah. i know how it's to your go. guide it was the hero in your story i, I
1: imagine definitely definitely yeah. and you know, I, I recently had a call from my personal Zoom account. It was like this NGO I work with and and I couldn't come from my like WinAI uh, Zoom account. So I, I didn't have WinAI with me in my Zoom call because it was my personal uh, Zoom account. And, and all of a sudden, like, I didn't know what to do. I was like, what? <laughs> my note taker words i i actually need to take my own notes what's happening here uh so yeah so for me win is just like it's yeah game. we're
0: gonna we're gonna start creating reps that don't know how to take notes and <laughs> yeah. <they're> freak <laughs> out when they don't but that's that's the world that we're, we're adding to i mean it's this yeah uh, i love that actually um so it, it helped someone who didn't have a sales background mm-hmm. so i mean for anyone who's dealing with industry changers like in a sales development org for instance it sounds like this can can really be a changer but one limitation i gathered though is that it's not tracking the call it's not helping you during cold calls right now it's only the zoom calls right so are there any plans to integrate with like a a sales engagement tool where there's a dialer built in and it's um you know listening to the call and doing that same thing but not within a zoom setting
1: yeah, so it's kind of funny. We recently got this request. We started getting these requests from like like our uh, customers' companies. Uh, the BDR team said, What about us? We yeah, also, exactly. <laughs> I saw an A using it and I yeah. also want it. And we just recently started researching this area. And we're definitely, that's a, an announcement. <laughs> we're definitely going to integrate uh, one way or, no, or another with a dialer. Uh, it's okay. still, very, very like nothing is prepared yet. Uh, but we are talking about it uh, about integrating with some sort of sales engagement platform. Uh, we understand that there's a need there uh, as well. Uh, but you know, we are an early stage startup, and we do want to stay very much focused for now. So for now, we are supporting only uh, conferencing only video uh, conversations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. A lot good. of things coming ahead.
0: <laughs> well, uh, let's go back to your experience a little bit. So Before you came to NAI, you were in the Israeli Air Force for I think it was five years, you said, right? So I've never interviewed anybody uh, that's been in the Israeli Air Force. Um, One thing I'll say is a lot of times we talk about how athletes come to sales with this pre built skill set around coachability, discipline, organization, just you know, the the mindset stuff, it doesn't necessarily mean they know how to communicate value and fill the funnel, but there's the mindset piece that you get a lot from it, uh, from, from an athlete, from that discipline. But I think a notch above that is the military and talk to us about how being in the Air Force prepared you for a career in sales and, you know, how you've been able to to leverage that experience, and what did you do in the Air Force too? I mean, were you around, were you flying jets, or what were you doing?
1: <laughs> so I was a flight simulator instructor, oh, uh, cool. which means I was inside like a simulator. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, flight cadets and and the pilots came to uh, to our simulator to get instructions. Uh, whether it's about like uh, different weather situations or malfunctions, uh, stuff like that. the the more extreme things that you can't practice uh, in air, uh, you practice inside a simulator. And obviously, you know, all of the discipline stuff uh, and stuff like that, this is valid, but I think that the main thing I got uh, from my military experience uh, that reflects to my job today uh, is the ability to uh, explain things, uh, like mm. explain about uh, uh, what to do when the when your engine is down, and to explain how the product works, and and do it quite simple and in a way that the other side gets it. So if you talked about like uh, talking about value and and what what's in it for you. Uh, so I definitely feel like this is something I got from my military se- uh, service, and the other side of it is obviously the more uh, technological side and mm. not being afraid of new technology and I spent uh, 10 months in in the 10 sorry 10 weeks in the U.S. uh, in an air force uh, uh, base studying about a new aircraft and then came back to Israel to teach uh, uh, the pilots in my squadron uh, about this new airplane so this is also something I believe I got from uh, my military self-service that helps me today. Wow wow
0: that sounds uh I mean this the uh being in a simulator sounds really, really cool. I always make this point to people in sales about role-playing and how important it is. And I I try to tell them to replace the word role-play with simulation for that exact yeah. purpose because it hits different. When you hear the word role-play, I don't know, you get the heebie-jeebies. When I hear simulation, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm on this, ele- I'm in NASA, I'm in the Air Force, I'm preparing for these major I mean, missions, right? And So anyways, I think that's, when I hear that, I didn't, I didn't expect that. I'm just, for those that are listening, I had no idea what she did before this. I knew she was in the Air Force. That was it. Didn't know what she did. But another thing that I go to with that is that you've been enabling before this. I mean, you, that's what you brought into this is you're, you were enabling, uh, people who could fly, fly jets i mean yeah. the cadets I you you are you're, 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 you're
1: this way but basically you're right yeah it was a flight enabler flight <laughs>
0: enabler and now you're enabling salespeople who are flying taking sales to the next level and all oh, right we could <laughs> we could pun on that all day that's very <laughs> cool uh well did you ever ride in a jet though
1: yeah twice uh, yeah? twice yeah cool. crazy yeah. experience <laughs> do they
0: do they keep it cool with you or did you do a bunch of like tail spins and Different things or... yeah.
1: So on my first flight, I I did some cool stuff and then I threw up and then <laughs> doing cool stuff.
0: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, uh in in closing, um you had mentioned there's some things to come for when AI. So mm-hmm. right now you're just on Zoom, you're a Zoom on the on Zoom app exchange, if you will. But what about Teams? What about Google Meets? I know those are two real big places that uh is that on the roadmap as well.
1: Definitely on the roadmap for 2023, uh, this is something we plan. We do feel uh, the need for it. Uh, as I said, we decided to start very, very focused with the uh, with one platform we support, but we're planning to integrate with all three.
0: Okay. Uh, last two questions. Uh, number one, talk to us about onboarding and setup. If I don't have a playbook, can I buy Win AI? Are you going to help me build my playbook? If I do have a playbook, but it's crap and I need some help before I... I don't want to put crap into your system or you bring your system or however you explain that um do, are you going to help me with my playbook or what does that look like
1: of course so the onboarding is very simple uh, you can do it in like 40 minutes. Mm. Uh, as long as you don't have your play a playbook already in place, you can use one of uh, the, me- the methodologies and work frames we offer. Uh, as I said before, we have a, a lot of methodologies that you can choose from uh, in our playbook builder. Uh, and if you do have your own, you can definitely customize your own inside of our system. If you need our help, uh, obviously we will help you and you can talk to us. But uh, I do believe that our system is, is quite a self-explanatory in that sense.
0: And so uh, what this would require, if you don't already have it, is in your Salesforce uh, or HubSpot, you would need to have those custom properties already set up, I would imagine. So if you don't have those, that would probably be part of this process. You should probably already have those in place, like those fields that you want to capture, those responses. But I imagine you're going to create new capability and things that they could capture that they probably didn't know that could capture before or wouldn't even try to because it was manual and now that it's automated that it probably creates this new realm of data capture and there's probably three four five ten fields that you're probably going to want to add into your crm to be able to capture the stuff and marry it up as part of that onboarding process is that a fair assumption
1: so i mean you can do it but i we do recommend uh, starting with win.ai as part of your current process i mean not changing anything just to see how Win AI fits okay. into your current process. Uh, you know, you can, uh, if you're only updating a note or only logging a call, you can also do that with Win. But if you have your fields already in place, uh, so Win AI supports almost every type of fields, you know, drop downs and lookup fields and all of those things, uh, you can just uh, plug it, like match the correct talking point to the correct field. Uh, and that's it. Uh, And and afterward, you know, after checking whether or not your playbook is the right playbook, the field or the right field, you can always make changes and uh, uh, do whatever you want inside of it. But we do recommend starting just, you know, to do it as smooth as you can.
0: Sure. And then talk to us about the pricing structure. How is that set up? I know you have the uh, self-serve model coming soon. But for right now, if I'm listening to this podcast, and this is something I'm excited about, because we're doing our best to try and get people excited about it, Mm because it's a real problem that B2B go-to-market sales teams can can definitely look to solve for with WinAI. What does the pricing look like?
1: So the price varies between $50 per user per month to $90 per user per month, depending uh, on the capabilities you need uh, in order to get like the all of the things I, I talked about mm-hmm. and more uh, you will need to be in the higher tier, but the, the lower tier definitely provides a lot of those capabilities. Uh, and yeah, I mean, right after we uh, launch our self-service option, the pricing will also be in our website.
0: Very good. Well, thank you very much for this. Um intelligent intelligent meeting tracking, automated data capture, seamless CRM updates, win AI, win double n dot AI, that is. You've been listening to the Sales Consultant Podcast. If you enjoyed the interview and would like to support the show, please be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcast and or on Spotify. Please also consider following our LinkedIn page. If you're an industry expert or if you know an industry expert that should be on the show, message us on LinkedIn at the Sales Consultant Podcast.